And we are back on another episode of Real Talk. It's your guy, Jeff, co-host, Brad. Brad, how are you? I'm good, man. It's good to be back. So first thing I wanted to do on this episode, I didn't prep you for it. We have not formally let the audience know, but for those of you that have not caught on, Brad is our official co-host of Real Talk. Brad, congratulations. This is something that we had kind of talked about, and we felt that it was uh, a good partnership. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Since you started, I've been very active in trying to help you out with it, different ideas to improve it, and I love talking sports just as much as the next guy, and I enjoy being a part of this, and I thanked you many times for when you said that uh, you were going to let me be a part of this, so I'm very happy, and I look forward to uh, only taking this thing farther, you know, maybe yeah. one day. A couple things have kind of come of this. I mean, the first thing is, and you can kind of go back to the early episodes, it's hard to have a one-on-one conversation with yourself. For That's one, you know. You can, you can get more um, topics accomplished by yourself because you can kind of just dictate what's being said and then move on. But there's not as much of a discussion. There's no kickback. There's no pushback. You know, could you imagine if Colin Cowherd was, you know, argue? That's why argument things like undisputed exist. So two people can kind of argue or disagree. And and we don't do too much disagreeing on this podcast. It's more or less discussing than it is arguing. But when uh, I had had you on, I had a lot of good feedback having you on. And then I had you on again and again and again. And then one day I'm just like, dude. When's this going to become permanent? And now it's permanent. So, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I remember some of those first episodes where, you know, I got my phone with you ready to dial. You know, I get mad at some of the stuff you say or whatnot. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, I like bouncing ideas back and forth. And uh, I like the pushback, especially on the Facebook group. You know, a lot of people, I think that was a really good good uh, addition for the, for the show. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Well, with that said, let's go ahead and get right into our topic for the day. It is NBA playoffs round dose. And before we even get into that, we're going to actually finish up our last game of round one. And you were not on the initial NBA episode, so this is kind of your time to to jump in and, and put in your impact, your, your input from, from round one. But tonight we have Houston OKC, and I chose Houston in – the earlier pod, and I'm going to stick with them. I have them winning game seven tonight. And who do you have? Yeah, I also have Houston. Um, I think Oklahoma, obviously at three and three, can, has a chance to win. Um, I think the fact that the Rockets play small ball, this might have been one of the worst matchups for them in terms of another team that likes to play small ball. I think they just drew the short stick there. Um, I believe, though, Russell Westbrook's been back for two games now. I believe he, he's going to have a – I think Russell Westbrook's going to be the difference maker in game seven here. I think he's going to have his first game where he scores maybe 35, 40 points even. I think he takes over. Um, but, gosh, I mean, I've tried to watch some of the games in the series, and the basketball just looks so gross at times. You know, they're just running up and down the court, jacking up threes, and it's like – Sometimes it's hard to watch. There's no real possession-based, you know, methodical offense. It just seems like they're going down there and every team's just setting picks until they can shoot an open three, which, I mean, sometimes it's fun for a change of pace, but 
got it as some ugly basketball, and I don't think either of these teams are going to enjoy the next round against the Lakers. Yeah, you know, I don't... The the Rockets have tried to one-up the Warriors in the sense of we're going to be that team that just hits a bazillion threes. And if we if we hit a lot of them, we're going to win. If we don't, then we're going to lose, and we're okay with that, but that's how we're going to play. We're not going to play a ton of defense. We're going to play up-tempo, get the ball down the floor, quick three if it's open. And like what you just said, it can be brutal basketball. Just absolutely atrocious sometimes. And outside of Harden, you don't see a lot of dribbling or ball movement. It's it's a lot of iso ball. It is an interesting offense. You do have a lot of shooters on that offense, so they have several guys hitting over 40% from beyond the arc. So that's really you really want to be if you're going to if you're going to jack up what I think is their average of about 53s a game. <laughs> you need it's crazy, but yeah. you need you need to hit 40% in order to to win a game. If you're going to be under that, you're going to struggle. You can't really turn the ball over too much. So I don't know. I uh what's your it's a hard series to predict. I mean, three and three, we've gotten everything we could have asked for out of a series. I mean, a game seven, those are always fun to watch. But, I mean, ugh, it was. I remember it was game game six. And, you know, I usually have to go to bed early. Uh, I wake up early for work. But, I mean, I, I wanted to stay up and watch this game. So I turned it on. And with, like, a minute left, it was, like, in the first quarter. minute left in the first quarter is like, 16-15, and each team had missed, like, 15 to 20 shots. And it was just it was just so cringy to watch. And it's, like, I want to give it the respect of that Game 7, but, like, God, I just want to kind of wake up in the morning and see who won. Like, I don't even know if it's a game I even want to watch. But I think it's – even though it's been a Game 7, it's been my least favorite ser- or, um, yeah, series to watch in these playoffs so far. That's probably where I'm at as well. Uh, outside of maybe Milwaukee and Orlando, for me, that wasn't uh, – Orlando just doesn't have star power, for me at least um to get to really get into a series so that one wasn't too much fun but i definitely see what you mean let's go ahead and get right into their matchup if they were to advance houston lakers round two everybody was on the lakers for not being able to defend the guards in game one portland comes out plays their hearts out they steal game one everybody thinks lebron's over with and it's it's the end and then the lakers go on four straight and just whoop them who do you yeah. got in this? Who do you got in this though? Um, I got the Lakers either way. Um, the thing is, is the Lakers defensively. I I remember when everyone wanted to say that the Lakers couldn't guard the guards, as you pointed out, Dame and CJ. But I mean, I was looking at that series, and Portland has played at this point eight meaningful games coming into the series. They're already in playoff mode. The Lakers haven't played a meaningful game of basketball in like four months. They come out, the Lakers shoot, I think it was like the second worst three-point percentage in NBA playoffs history. They were like five for 30-something, I believe, was what their stats were. And they only lost by seven points. They held Portland to 100 points. And then you can say injuries, sure, but they just suffocated Portland after that. They're just, I, I think the Lakers have an ability to where if the Rockets play small ball, the Lakers can have Anthony Davis play the five who can also stretch the floor Braun at the four and play their own small ball. I think 
if they played against the Rockets, players like Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, KCP, those players get a chance to shine. I, I just don't think that the Rockets – at the end, I just go to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. If you're going to say – if anybody argues for the Rockets, they say, well, they have Harden and Westbrook. You know, they're big too. Well, if you can't argue for an entire roster, the Lakers' big two will beat any big two in basketball. I mean, LeBron's averaging 27-10-10, I believe, in the playoffs, and he had a 10-point game once when they beat the brakes off of him. Uh, Anthony Davis, I believe, I mean, he's he's up there in points per game as well. He's, at, he's yeah. just under 30. Yep, he's at, he's basically at 30, like you said. Yep, I mean, that's seventh in these playoffs. I mean, he's even hitting three-point field goals at a pretty good clip. So, I mean, both these teams are exhausting themselves against each other playing these small lineups. I don't I don't understand. Steven Adams, if OKC, if we can entertain that idea for a minute, Steven Adams poses an actual center. But again, they don't have – neither of these teams have anyone who can even slow down LeBron. I mean, their rosters have no one – I know some people will hear that and say, you know, no one can stop LeBron. You can only slow him down. And I get that, but they don't even have the slow him down part. I mean, LeBron could walk for 35 in these games, just walk into the basket. The amount of free throw attempts that I believe that they would put up against a Rockets team, they would have to foul to try and stop them. I I think this game's that's why another reason I think this series is so kind of boring is because everyone's kind of looking at the Rockets Thunder. These games are kind of hard to watch. Scoring's all over the place. They're just jacking up threes. And I believe everyone deep down thinks it's irrelevant. Like the winner of this series doesn't even matter anyway. They're just, I mean, it's all moot in the end. So I think the Lakers even get some rest. And I think that would be tops six games I would expect it to end in five it's hard to predict a sweep in the second round of the playoffs but I mean one night Rockets War Thunder could get hot from distance but the Lakers can do the same thing so if we're talking about the second round matchup Lakers walk away with this one yeah so here's something I like to look at I love plus minus on a player so if you look at the plus minus of every player in the playoffs Number one at almost 16 points is Anthony Davis. When Anthony Davis is on the floor, his team is putting the points up and keeping the points off the other team. I mean, plus 16 is incredible. LeBron is at a, a just shy of a plus 12. The best Houston Rocket is James Harden, as you would suspect, and it's eight and a half. So... <laughs> Not that eight and a half is bad, but over, I mean, he's played six games. He's going to play a seventh, and you're only a plus eight. Uh, not that great. <laughs> so I, I'll, take, uh, I'll take Anthony Davis. I'll take LeBron James, who are just putting it down on people. I'm also pretty sure just by watching these games, I've watched every Laker game for the majority, and it doesn't look like they've given – at least LeBron. LeBron hasn't given 100% yet. You know, everybody wants to talk about playoff LeBron. He's averaging 27, 10, and 10. I don't believe that's his best yet. I believe he's saving it for, for LA, the Clippers. He's saving it for the Bucks when he's going to really need it. You, you know when you're getting top-notch LeBron when he's going for 35-plus. 
Anything under only, anything under thirty is just a walk in the park for him. The only game it looked like they even wanted to care at all was Kobe night when they beat the brakes off of Portland and everyone played really well. Yeah. It, it, I mean, but yeah, like you said, it just looks like they coasted and they're putting up these kind of numbers. Portland didn't have a prayer. And I think a lot of people owe an apology too. I think I put that on Facebook. They everyone do. was out here saying Portland this, Portland that. Dear Lord, what were you thinking? Anybody who was on the Portland bandwagon, come on. Well, well time out. I was definitely on the Portland bandwagon as far as getting into the playoffs. I thought they were they were just better than Memphis sure. and, and Phoenix. But I didn't think for even a minute that they were beating the Lakers. I think That's I did what pick I'm saying. I think I did pick the Lakers in either five or six. Mm-hmm. I, I'd have to go back and listen, but I definitely picked the Lakers. But I just you know, Damian Lillard as hot as he's been and, and CJ can be. And you know who else shined through this whole playoffs was Carmelo Anthony, actually. He played a great series. I hope to God that he earned himself either a roster spot next year with the Blazers or he earned himself a two- or three-year deal with another team. Or maybe it's just a one-year deal, and it's just a prove it every year for the rest of his career that maybe he can work out 10 to $15 million deals or something. Who knows? But anything else on L.A. Houston? No. Okay. Let's go ahead and go to what I think has the potential to be the best series of them all. Denver, who just came off, in my opinion, the best series. A series that went seven games. A series in which we've seen opposing players score 50 on multiple occasions. The Denver Nuggets and the Clippers. Who takes this one? Uh, the Clippers. Um, I, I am... I, you know, I think a lot of people would feel the same when I say Jamal Murray has a new fan now. I didn't really watch the Nuggets at all. And I'm, I'm up in my bedroom, like, cheering every time he makes a bucket. He was incredible. I, I wasn't even focused on the Joker. Like, it, it was all Jamal Murray. And he was absolutely fantastic through every game. And I love the relationship of him and Donovan Mitchell before, during, and after every game. You can really tell that. You know, I think they're going to be a good rivalry going forward. I think a lot of people feel the same way. But I don't want to jump the gun here because I think the Clippers beat them, and I don't think it takes more than five, honestly. I think the Clippers, just from top to bottom, are a better team. I don't think, you know, everyone was talking about Luka being so great, which, you know, I'm on board with that. And everyone was talking about Paul George being bad and then great all of a sudden. And no one's talking about Kawhi Leonard. I mean, the dude's just been lights out. You want to talk about the the plus minuses. Patrick Beverly is at 14 on his plus minus. They have three. There's no one else besides Murray in the backcourt, really. That's a true threat. They have three perimeter defenders in Paul George, Kawhi, and Patrick Beverly. I think they have too many scores for the Nuggets to keep up with. Lou Williams. I mean, all the guys I just mentioned, they're, the Clippers, I don't think you could argue they are probably the deepest team in in the league left in the playoffs, the deepest. Um, I just think the, the Clippers silence all this talk and we start talking about Denver and how they might need a third piece to move to move further in, in the playoffs with the other teams here in the West. But great story. It was a phenomenal series to watch two of the best players in the first round 
period every night, just relentless till that game seven where everyone was kind of burnt out. But I think the Clippers pose way too much of a headache for the Nuggets. I don't think they have enough answers. And I think the Clippers could, could take this one in, in five. I am rooting for Denver in this series, but I am with you. I don't think they have a shot. Where Utah, they were without their starting point guard for, I think, two games. Mike Conley missed a couple of games. And Jamal Murray was able to kind of get going, get some confidence. And then, I mean, he was literally on fire from three-point range, I think, for the whole series. Mind you, he hit the most three-pointers in, in an NBA series ever at, like, 33 and he hit it at like 50-something percent. Out of, his, just, out of his mind. It's just unreal percentages, okay? And there's just no way that that continues, especially when Doc Rivers is probably going to look at Patrick Beverly and be like, you have one job. Annoy the crap out of Jamal Murray. We'll do the rest. I am interested to see how the Clippers can contain Djokovic. I, I What's what's their plan there? They don't really have that big. You got they got Zubac. It, it's it's not a it's not a true matchup. It, it'll have to be a team effort with like uh, you got the Morris brother. I don't, I don't remember which one it is. Marcus you got Morris. Him. Yep, Marcus Morris. You've got. Uh, Mont- just step on his ankle. Yeah, Montrez Harold and uh, Zubac. You said I believe. Yeah, already. yeah. You know, it, it'll have to be a team effort from those three guys, and maybe Jokic has better numbers, but. Like like we're both saying already, he's he's not enough. Yeah, he's it's not, not it's not enough. I'm gonna give Denver. I want to give them six. Okay. I want to give them six games. I don't think they're there. They're at least getting it, one. So I'm gonna give them five. I think well, Clippers and five. I'm gonna come out and say sweep because the more I think about this, it's like we're talking about how the Clippers are gonna contain these two guys. Who's guarding Kawhi or Paul George or Lou Williams? Like the Nuggets aren't a very good defensive until the game seven where everybody was just dragging ass. Until that game, the Jazz were averaging 119 games in the playoffs. That was through six games. That was the the highest team in the playoffs in points. They were allowing 119 to Donovan Mitchell and company. I mean, you've got a Clippers team that's going to walk in. I mean, they were able – they're just able to score at a higher rate. Even if I bet you it'll be game one or two where Murray has a great game and Jokic does and they still lose. And then it's just kind of gas the rest of the, I mean, they work so hard for that game seven win. And again, they're just walking into a giant. I, I know it's nice to say, give them one game. So you're giving them five. And that's what I originally said. But the more I think about this, the Clippers would really have to screw up to lose any game against this team, I feel. I guess I'm not trying to put Jamal Murray in Luka conversation, <laughs> but but Luka was able to have his way as far as scoring goes, and I almost wonder if Jamal Murray can do that even for one game. So I'm going to give him one. That's fair. I'm, I'm going to give him one. Uh, outside of that, I do think the Clippers advance. Clippers I, I think I speak for a lot of people when we say we don't want to root for the Clippers. We kind of want to see them fall. But it's like, they're just so good. They're they are so very good. They're very good. Anything else on the Western Conference as a whole? Um, I just want to give my props to Luca before we move forward. Yeah, go ahead. Luca, the young goat, 
he's he's going he's going to be. I mean, even when you asked me on the mail-in questions who I'd take, I believe I drove my point home of Luca over all these other young guys. Um, if I'm not asking you all to love Luca or expect him to win all the championships, this or that, but I challenge any of you to tell me you don't like Luca. I mean, he's just he's going to be so fun to watch forever, and I'm really hoping that if Giannis. You know, this will transition nice into uh, Bucks heat here if that's where we're going. But if Giannis was to leave, I would love to see him go to Dallas and play with Chris Stapps and Luca for Mark Cuban. They've got a lot of pieces they could maybe move. Trey Burke had a good playoff run. Tim Hardaway Jr. They've got some pieces maybe they can keep or ship off. But I would love to see Luca play with Giannis. That would be a lot of fun. But even if he doesn't, all he needed was Chris Stapps. Chris Stapps. That game one double tech was beyond disgusting. I can't believe anybody would agree that it was the right thing to do. And if he would have stayed, it would have been 2-0 Mavericks, which would have been really, really crazy, totally different series. So Tim Hardaway Jr. played better than people give him credit for. But I just I just want to say look out for the Mavs going forward. They were an eighth seed this year. I look for them to be a much higher seed next year going into the playoffs. One thing that this team's going to have to do, Charles Barkley, he said this. And I'm going to give him credit. I'm just going to repeat it. This team needs to get themselves an enforcer. Luca should not be fighting his own battles at this point. Kristaps Porzingis is way too valuable to be your guy that's coming in and fighting your battles for you. If someone's going to step on your ankle, you need somebody like back in the day Kendrick Perkins would walk up. He's, he's, you're going to have to fight this dude. Somebody that you can afford to lose and isn't going to cost you guys a playoff series, but also isn't going to mess with you because they're afraid they have to deal with said guy. They yep, need somebody like that. Someone who, if you step on Luca's ankle every time you come, guess who's setting the pick with an elbow in your stomach? Or, you know, exactly. the what they can do. I, yeah, that makes sense. I guess I didn't really look. They don't have one of those guys. Tim they Hardaway's don't. finesse, Trey Burke finesse. It, it's all finesse on that team, which is fun to watch, but you're right, yeah. I guess they just yeah. they just need that one guy that's that's ain't gonna put up with any BS not on the not on the court when when Luca's out there. So heading heading right into the Eastern Conference though, I put out a post on the Real Talk Facebook page, Miami and Milwaukee, and I gave my I'm gonna give myself a little prop here. I called Miami to take this series. I figured they would take Game One at least. And I have them taking this series. This might even shock you. I'm going six games. The Bucks, yeah, they won four to one against Orlando. They struggled with Orlando. I think they only comfortably won one of those games. The Bucks seem like they're a mess right now, and Miami isn't a mess. They are hitting on all cylinders. They're playing very well. Jimmy Butler's playing out of his mind quietly. Nobody's really talking about him. Bam's played well. Uh, a matter of fact, as far as the plus minus goes, you know how I like that. Bam's plus minus is 13. It's the third best in the league behind Anthony Davis and Patrick Beverly. Fantastic. Then you got a guy that is literally putting up crazy great numbers that nobody's talking about. Goran Dragic. He's sitting on just shy of 24 points, five rebounds. And I think he's got like five and a half assists in there too. Just why is anybody talking about him? Like, those are great numbers. Yeah. He's your—he's probably their, 
he's like their third or fourth option that he's putting up those numbers. Uh, Miami is very good. They're hitting on all cylinders. They have a ton of snipers out there that can hit threes all day long. Yeah. What? Where are you at on this series? Um, I feel like Milwaukee's been good for the last three years. So a lot, especially in the poll. I mean, me included. You kind of just blindly pick Milwaukee at least until the Eastern Conference Finals because they've been so good. But I think one of the scary things is how well Chris Middleton played yesterday. And they still lost. Yeah, that's great really point. Di- that's really disheartening for the Bucks. And people talk about oh how good Giannis is, and he could be that that kind of guy that's like really good in the regular season, but people can game plan him out. He doesn't shoot well enough. He's a one trick pony. He I mean he does that trick very well. But the thing is, is they talked about last year when he met Kawhi in the Eastern Conference Final, and it kind of shut him down. I don't know what it is, but he had, what, three points in the fourth quarter of game one? He was like one for four, had one for four on the free throw line. So when people are fouling him, he can't convert. That's that's just a a huge problem. And you say it's kind of shocking that you would take Miami in six. I thought you might even go five because this is now not a coincidence anymore. Twice in the regular season and now once in the playoffs, Miami's 3-0 and against the Bucks. Tyler Harrow, I mean, with the, way Gor- with the way Gorgon Dragic is playing and the way Bam is playing and the way Jimmy's playing, and they have their own Kyle Korver and Duncan Robinson. Go Blue. Ty- right? Tyler Harrow is kind of out here just, you know, meandering about growing his confidence. He hit a big three. At the Huge end- three. In the fourth quarter, and it's like, you're exactly right. You know, Milwaukee in the back of their head is Giannis already out the door. Chris Middleton's locked up. They can't bring anyone. Have we met our ceiling? Can we win? They seem, I mean, this is the second time they've lost the, the first game in the series. Is that a coaching issue? They've got a lot of questions, but Miami's built this culture, and I would say they're one of the most consistent teams in the NBA period in terms of you know they're going to come out there, grit, roll in the mud, a, a very, you know, aggressive physical team that's going to fight and they finally got their guy to embody that personality in Jimmy Butler. This team is a freight train rolling straight forward. They annihilated the Pacers and now they're moving on to Milwaukee and they're 5 and 0. They're not wasting any time. And we'll see if the Bucks could pull through. I don't want to write them off yet because they have they're a complete team. But if we go our second game where Giannis, you know, can't show up late I, I guess I just bring it back to the one thing. If if you're a casual fan like me, I don't watch a ton of NBA. I like to watch the playoffs. All I could think at the end of the game was Chris Middleton played the best he's going to play in a playoff game. And you lost. And they lost. I That's got to be heartache for, for the Milwaukee Bucks. And we'll see if they can turn it around because – I mean, like the Magic, they did lose and then won four straight. I don't think they're winning four straight on the on the Heat. They still have time to turn this series around. But right now, if I was a betting man, I would say that the Heat take this series because they won that game, and it was a close one. But in close games right now, I think I favor the Heat. So Milwaukee beat Orlando 4-1. So they played five total games. I'm lucky enough that I get to work from home 
in my in my man cave downstairs and I get to have the the basketball games that start at noon or one o'clock on in the background. I watched a fair amount of these Milwaukee Orlando series because of the five games, I think four of them started before three o'clock. Most people didn't get to see these games. A lot of them were on NBA TV and a lot of them were on during people's work hours. Trust me when I say this, Giannis looked checked out for the entire series. I'm shocked they won. I think it was just because of how much better Milwaukee is than Orlando. They looked physically checked out most of the series. And Miami looks the complete, utter opposite of checked out. They look like they're one of the best clicking teams in the entire game right now. And we're going to talk about another one of those teams that I think is clicking on all cylinders in a second. But just absolutely crazy. You know, back, going back to the first pod, you weren't on this one, but we joked and said that Orlando didn't have a shot. They would have to play upwards of over 10 games in order to finally win a game against the Bucks. That's how much of a talent gap there really is in those teams. And the only team that didn't sweep their opponent in the Eastern Conference was the Bucks. Miami swept the Pacers, and I think the Pacers would have probably rolled over Orlando. You know, Boston swept the Sixers. I think Sixers would have beat Orlando. And Toronto beat Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn would have beat Orlando. So all these teams got swept, and they're better than Orlando is. And I, only, I know Orlando only got one game, but most of the games were close. Orlando played very tough, and it shouldn't have been that way. Miami's going to make them pay. I am going to give Giannis a game, and I'll give Miami a bad game. So I'm going to go Miami in six. And I'm I feel very great about that. As I put on the pod the other on the Facebook page the other day, I'm picking the Heat to win. Yeah, I just think if Giannis comes out and puts up a 35 burger, is Chris Middleton going to give you the same effort he gave last night? He should I be think, able to get you 20. Well, yeah, I just I think I think both of them are going to have to play like all stars to beat this Heat team, and I don't know if they'll both do it enough, but I think. Like I said, Bucks still have a chance to turn it around, but I think we're both leaning heat here. They came out and and, and let everybody know game one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely – I feel great about the heat. I'm going with the heat. Uh, moving on to the next series, another series that I felt pretty good about, posted on the Facebook page. Uh, I wanted to see what people were thinking. Boston, Toronto, I, uh, I picked Boston. Here's why – just initially why I took Boston in this series. Of the – of the entire playoffs, there's a couple of teams out there that really just don't have – like they have go-to guys, but they play team-oriented ball. The Raptors definitely do. The Celtics do. Miami does. You know, teams that they have a star, but they don't really utilize them until they really have to. They play very well-balanced offense. Well, the problem is, is Toronto versus Boston, it's a bad matchup. Boston has too many really good players playing team ball. Toronto, I think, is really more in this, They got three solid players. I don't think they have any A-pluses. I'm going to give Jason Tatum an A-plus. I think that's where he's at. He's been that kind of player, especially in the playoffs, shockingly. It's like he gets better in the playoffs. You know, even his rookie year, he was he was great in the playoffs, and that's when people put him on the map. You know, once Kyrie went there, he took a step back. Kyrie gone, took a step back up. Dude's a dog. You know, if, if Kemba, I think Kemba's a, a big factor here. Kemba needs to stay healthy, make sure his ankle's good. You, Toronto's not getting swept. 
But now that they're down 2-0, I don't think they have a shot to win the series. We're talking about this a little late because the series kicked off. I picked yeah. Boston ahead of time. I would have never guessed it was going to be a sweep. I doubt it's still going to be. But I don't think Toronto is coming back in this series. They might get a game, maybe two. I'm going to take Boston in six. Um, so I was not here for the first pod about the NBA. And if you would have asked me who I want and can think can win it all, I like Boston. Now, with that being said, it's hard for me to cheer against LeBron James. So anytime I watch the Lakers play, I inevitably hope they win. Now, I don't think it was going to be as easy for Boston. And I will go on record. I didn't think the Raptors, like you said, bad matchup. I would have predicted sweep here. I think Boston goes 8-0 into the conference finals. I, I don't think Fred Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam, that, they're not going to get it done against Boston. They got too much. Um, everyone talks about Jason Tatum, who, little you know, just side note, he is my second favorite player behind Luka. I love those two going forward. Um, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, but Marcus Smart. He's the enforcer, the defensive guy, the sharpshooter, the driver. He does everything, and he just doesn't get talked about as much. And it, how important he is to the team is just like game two. It was close. It was a close game the whole way through. Marcus Smart couldn't get it going. And then, bam, the fourth quarter came, and they kept believing in him. And he comes out, shot lights out in the fourth quarter. Celtics win the game. They go home. And I didn't – they lost Gordon Hayward. Is he going to return later in the playoffs? I believe he's not out for the whole thing. Yeah. But Gordon I, I, Hayward – go ahead. I, I do believe that he's due back, I think, later in this series if it were to go six or seven. And he's another guy – I mean – it, it's a little interesting on what they can do if they if they play a team that has a good big man. And I mean like center. I don't – like not small forward. Like an Anthony Davis or Jokic or the Mark, Joker. Mark, Mark Gasol. Yeah, but Mark Gasol, he, he's a little old right now. I don't think he's the same Mark Gasol. I just think Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, they're so fun to watch. And like you said, people talk about Jason Tatum in the playoffs where he can start to take over a little more, but they play such team-oriented basketball that he's not going to get those breakout games in the regular season to be talked about like the other guys. But make no mistake, in the final two minutes of the game, you want the ball in the hands of a guy who can ISO score. Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker and even Jalen Brown are those guys. So, I mean, the Celtics pose a huge problem defensively because if you sleep on any of the guys on the court, they can all make you pay. They don't have any liability guys out on the court, especially during crunch time. And we saw that Kemba step back yesterday. Yikes. I don't know if anybody's guarding that. So, I mean, the team is so deep from point guard to small forward. They're so deep in that range, five to six guys who can all play really well on the offensive side of the ball. And I know there's some matchup problems that they may see going forward, but God, I would love to see Boston win it all this year. Yeah, spoiler alert, I actually have Boston going to the finals. I think they have a easier time with the Bucks than they would Miami, just because, like I said, that, that team ball aspect, you got five guys, never know who's going to shoot. Miami's tough. They're a tough out. And if they were to get by Milwaukee, I think they would have a shot at getting to the finals. I just would still pick Boston there. 
regardless, yes, I, I was I was very confident Boston was beating Toronto, and I haven't wavered confidence. And now that they're up 2-0, I think it's almost definite. I just wonder if it's going to be four games, five games, six games. I definitely don't see it going seven at this point. I think that would be a stretch. But I think they sweep them. Really? I even if I was wrong, I would have said sweep beforehand. I don't like the like the Raptors are the two seed. They play in the weaker East. Their team has been together outside of Kawhi. They've played for the past four years, so chemistry is going to give them some wins. Fred Van Fleet, great year, cool story. Oh, we can do it without Kawhi. Yeah, cool. No, you can't. Like, we're not worried about the Raptors. Boston's just a better team. I'm actually, like, I don't know how the Raptors got the two seed. Like, maybe Siakam and Van Fleet were like, Kawhi is gone, let's prove it. So they had inside motivation to, to play better during the year. I think they were just a cute story that gets put to bed and we forget about the Raptors going forward. I like their coach, but I mean, I think maybe some pieces start to go elsewhere and the Raptors are not a contender threat. I, they're fun in the, to get to the playoffs. They're a good regular season team. I, I don't think anybody takes the Raptors seriously without Kawhi. They didn't before and it won't take long for people to afterwards. Yeah. I, I think the only way that the Raptors would have a shot in this series is if, Kawhi Leonard would to literally take off his Clipper jersey and go suit up for the Raptors again. That's what I it think would take. The, the Raptors. I, I'm looking at the Nuggets, Clippers, either team that makes it out of the Rockets, Thunder. Like I think they're the worst team left in the playoffs. I think they could be Houston. Yeah, that's. I mean, maybe, but I, I still think just because they don't. Just because I think Toronto takes better shots than Houston does and they're not going to turn the ball over a ton, I think they would hang with Houston. But I definitely agree. I think they would get beat by L.A. Uh, Denver, they'd, they'd put up a good fight, but I think, again, star power there would probably be too much for them. Yeah, I'm I not don't... saying it's like a big, huge gap. I'm just yeah. saying if you look at the rest of the teams and I had to rank them, yeah. I would put the Raptors at the bottom, even though they're a two seed. I wouldn't beat you up over it. So, yeah, you're not. You're not I wouldn't say you're wrong. Well, with that being said, that's uh, that's round two. Any final news and notes? Uh, no, just one little thing I just saw on the uh, TV that um, uh, Morris for stepping on Lucas Heel got fined thirty-five k. So what about the, what about the swing to the back of the head? You know, maybe that's what it was for. I just saw that he was fine. Maybe it's for a cumulative, you know, Pro- probably is. Here's the thing. I like Marcus Morris. I think he's that guy that we literally just got done talking about that Denver needs. But he's also, all of a sudden, he's he's got that little dirty player to him. You know that I just heard something crazy. <laughs> he, he, they don't know this for a fact. Somebody threw this out there. They're pretty sure he's the first player to ever get ejected in the preseason, regular season, and postseason. Yeah, but, I mean, he takes that role seriously of being yeah. that guy that, you know, all the beef comes to me and I'll take it. The The Morris brothers kind of remind me of the Bennett brothers a little bit of the NFL. You know, like, we'll take that smoke where them guys, you know, like, I, I, I like both the Morris brothers as a player. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a little crazy, you know, stepping on the ankle like we were willing to get past that. Then the old uh, tomahawk Apache chop coming down. Like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. relax. Little, little excessive. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, it was fun having Brad on again. Um, stay tuned after this short break. We're going to have DTROM David join us for his picks. And uh, yeah, 
we'll have a nice little NBA discussion. Have a good one, guys. Later.